0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Hey, what brand do you trust the most? Like when you go shopping, do you think, hey, I like that company, therefore I'm going to buy more of their product. And conversely, do you avoid places where you think, you know what, I don't like what that company is doing. I didn't like their whole attitude at all. I think almost every consumer thinks along those lines. Maybe not, you know, maybe it's subconscious, maybe it's deep down in there, but I think we do this. And that thinking is vital to a company's success or failure in the marketplace. That's why I find surveys like this next story that we're going to be talking about so fascinating. The Peter B. Gustafson School of Business at the University of Victoria has unveiled their fifth annual Gustafson Brand Trust Index. They interviewed extensively 7,000 Canadians from coast to coast of all ages and they looked at key trends and it suggests that consumers are more willing to place a brand in a positive light when a company responds to a crisis with honest and authentic remedies. And you know what kills me about that is that even though time and time again we can analyze that and say oh yeah that's the way consumers prefer it, companies still don't do that. Why don't they do that? anyway, I digress. Let's find out who is on this list and what it means, how Canadians have been thinking about these companies uh, over the last year. And joining us now for more on that, Dr. Saul Klein, who's the Dean and Professor of Marketing at the International Business Gustafson School of Business at UVic. Well, Dr. Klein, thanks so much for talking to us about this today. First of all, why, why do this? Why examine what brands are most popular?
1: Well, it starts with our interest in thinking about trust. And we think that it's important for businesses to establish trust with their customers. The interest for us then is what's driving trust, and what we're finding is that there's really three different dimensions. One is a very function-based one. We trust brands that deliver on their promises, reliable, good value for money, etc. Secondly, we trust brands who treat us well as customers. They respect our privacy. They communicate with us honestly, they, um, fix, some, fix mistakes when things go wrong. And then there's a third element that for us is particularly interesting. It's a value basis to trust, that consumers trust brands whose values align more with their own. So brands that are seen to respect and protect the environment, that are seen to treat their employees well, to make a positive contribution in society. So we think um, looking at trust is really important because it helps us understand that consumers have an expectation for businesses to behave responsibly as well as deliver on their core their core promises. Mm-hmm. So it essentially it closes that loop between doing the right thing and doing well in terms of performance.
0: And so how do you examine that?
1: So each year, and this is the f- fifth year that we've done it, we do a fairly large survey of Canadian consumers and ask them a battery of questions about uh, more than 300 different brands and trying to um, tease out their views on each of those different dimensions through uh, a series of questions. We also look at the extent to which they are likely to recommend the brand. And again, we find that those brands that are the most trusted are typically the ones that consumers recommend.
0: Right, so then this is valuable. For a company to be trusted, it definitely helps their bottom line.
1: For sure. And part of our argument is that it's becoming harder and harder for brands to differentiate themselves on purely functional characteristics or even on relational ones, on the services they deliver. What's more sustainable for the long term are the values that the brands demonstrate. So essentially trying to make the argument that acting responsibly isn't only the right thing to do, but it's good for business.
0: All right, so then what struck you about this year's list? What was the most interesting thing that you saw?
1: Well, we see see a couple of things. Um, Now that we're in our fifth year, we look at the differences between brands, but we're also looking at the differences over time. Uh, If we look at the top of the ranking, there's there's quite a lot of stability. So our three top-ranked brands, MEC, CAA, and Costco, have been in the top three for the last four years running. They're brands that really do a good job of building their relationships with their customers. Um, In the case of MEC and CAA, very strong value basis to their relationship with their customers. Mm -hmm. For MEC in particular, uh, it was interesting this year, and we were curious to see how how, uh, people would respond to the brand, because they did have a little bit of an issue uh, last year when uh, they were called out for a lack of diversity in their advertising. Right. Um, what what we saw, though, was that their response was so well done that it essentially restored trust. The CEO came out very strongly apologizing for that, committing to, to make changes. And as they implemented those changes, I think it just reinforced the fact that this is a brand that really does live by its values.
0: Right. And were there any big jumps this year? Anybody kind of really climbing up that list?
1: Um. Some interesting, jumps, some recoveries from the previous year. So last year when we did it, it was just after there was a whole bread um, uh, scandal about price-fixing of bread in, our, in Ontario yes. with uh, major retailers taking a hit. They recovered this year, which is interesting. Another brand that moved up this year, and again, we think it's on a value basis, is Gillette, and you may recall that um, earlier this year, Gillette launched an ad campaign that was seen as quite controversial, um, combating what they saw as more uh, toxic masculinity, so overly excessive masculine representations. And in some ways it was a response to the Me Too movement. We saw that uh, from our data that consumers responded very positively to that. And the trust in Gillette as a brand that is contributing to society went up quite significantly.
0: Okay. And what about home hardware? I noticed they really jumped on the list from 22 in in 2018 to number four this year.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting. And I mean, even more interesting is that home hardware and Home Depot are both tied at number four. um, If you look at our top 10 overall, heavy concentration of retailers. And we think that the retail environment is getting more and more competitive. And, what we see is those brands that are able to build a strong, trusting relationship with their customers will survive, and those brands who don't will die. And, you know, over the last year, we actually saw some brands drop out of the, well, we, um, that failed completely and weren't be measured. Brands like Sears, for example. So I think what you're seeing is the, the retailers and the home hardware and, and Home Depot in particular are recognizing that they need to have a much stronger relationship with their customers and are building those levels of trust.
0: Just to run through that top 10, as you mentioned so, number one was Mountain Equipment Co op, number two is Canadian Automobile Association, then Costco, Home Hardware, Home Depot, Fairmont Hotels and Resorts, Band Aid, hmm? uh, Shoppers Drug Mart, Interact, Columbia Sportswear, and Canadian Tire. Uh, Band Aid is another interesting one. They went from 16th to number hmm. six this year, but why?
1: Um, I think for, in Band-Aid's case, it's very much driven by functional performance. Um, they really lead the category on, on that dimension, um, so much so that you know the name Band-Aid has really become the, a generic name for, um, for, the, for their products. And right. they've used it as Band-Aid like bandages as opposed to... Exactly. And I think that's helped them a lot. And, you know, in general, as we see customers or consumers having concerns about trust in society, I think there is a little bit of a reversion to those old brands that have continued to deliver year after year. And as long as they don't stumble, um, they're, they're well-positioned.
0: And what happened to some of the other big names uh, in Canada? Like, where's Tim Hortons?
1: Tim Hortons, for the last few years, has been dropping seriously. This year it recovered a bit, but it's still way below where it has been in the past few years. Um, Tim Hortons is an interesting story, and we see as part of it, part of the drivers of Tim Hortons is a change in ownership. So a couple of years back, they were taken over by a, um, uh, a company called 3G Capital, mm-hmm. and the business model of 3G is very much based on cost cutting, and we see that uh, their actions were really undermining the brand. And interestingly enough. It's the same as applying for other brands that 3G owns. Um, Kraft Heinz, for example, is part of their stable, and we see quite a significant drop in Heinz this year. Part of it, I think, is that the the model of continuing to cut costs is not sustainable. At some point, you're taking serious value out of the brand, and you have to invest in it. In Tim Horton's case, I think it was a matter of Well, this is a brand that really was an iconic brand for Canadians. And as they were cutting costs, they were destroying the relationship that Canadians felt with the brand, and certainly the franchisees had with the brand. So last year, or sorry, in 2017 to 2018, there was also a lot of conflict between Tim Horton's franchisees and the company itself. Over the last year, I think they've been able to stabilize that and, and restore the relationships. So there hasn't been as much negative press, but they're still way below where they were uh, three years ago.
0: I love this kind of stuff because it really shows us where consumers' minds are at right now. Listen, Dr. Klein, thank you so much for your Mm -hmm. time.
1: It's a pleasure. Anytime.
0: That is Dr. Saul Klein, the Dean and Professor of Marketing and International Business at the Gustafson School of Business at the University of Victoria.